When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Previously on Who is Cam Kander. All right, all right, hold up. My work was interrupted by someone at my door. There was no one at the door and no one on the sidewalk. At my feet was an envelope. Inside was a note in blocky print handwriting. It read, Be at oligarchs tomorrow at 11 p.m. Go to the second booth in the back on the left. I have information on Cam Kander. You'll want to hear. Oligarchs, a notorious caviar bar frequented by Russian mafia. What the hell does Cam Kander have to do with the Russian mafia? A man approached. He placed a Russian nesting doll in front of me. I summoned all the courage I had within and opened the Russian doll. Inside, good God, it was a severed thumb. From me, BK Will, in conjunction with Trojan Cat Media, a division of Corp. This is Who is Cam Kander, Episode 6, Red MacGuffin. As I sat in oligarchs, staring down at the gruesome, bloody stump before me, I blinked, caught my breath, and realized it wasn't a severed thumb at all. It was a very realistic thumb drive in the shape of a severed thumb. I glanced up at the crowd at oligarchs, and every eye was on me. They were all in on the joke. I grabbed that thumb-shaped thumb drive and got the hell out of there. It was an old-fashioned USB drive, the kind no longer in use. Luckily, I had an old iMac that was still operational. I needed to maintain equipment that could support older tech. It's essential in my work as a cultural obscurist. Whoever left this for me knew that, knew I had the means to utilize this drive. I needed something to calm my nerves, and so I loaded up the pilot of Cucumber Facts for the drive home. Cucumber Fact 5. Looking for a fast and easy way to remove cellulite. Try rubbing a slice of cucumber along your problem area for a few minutes. As the cucumber fact lady droned on, I was able to let my terrifying night at oligarchs slip away. Before I knew it, I was home. I was safe. 
No one had followed me. No tinted window BMW was outside my place. I got inside and fired up the iMac and inserted that grisly thumb-shaped thumb drive into the USB slot. I clicked on an audio file. This is what I heard next. Today is December 4th, 2020. My name is Cam Kander. While my health is good and I have no known ailments or injuries, it has become increasingly obvious that my lifespan may be prematurely shortened. Due to the nature of my work, certain parties would like to see me silenced. Out of an abundance of caution, I am preparing this audio diary entry. It is my last will and testament. Today I completed and uploaded the pilot of Bedminster. I am starting immediately to work on a second episode of that show, and hope to have it completed very soon. With this show, I feel like I finally have a concept worth doing a second episode for. Since my work on Bedminster commenced, I believe I have been under scrutiny by certain nefarious players with global business and political interests. Recently, my home and car were ransacked, my email accounts were compromised, my computer hacked. At times, I sense I am physically being followed. Paranoid? Not if it's really happening. These intimidation techniques will not stop me, and I will continue my work undeterred. If certain parties do ultimately succeed in silencing me, my remains if they are discovered, are to be consigned to the care of the Neptune Society. My entire body of work has been backed up to a firewire drive and has already been sent to the College of Lost Arts at Berkeley. Done and done, blip blap de bloom. To whomever is listening, thank you for caring. My God, is this authentic? Is this really Cam Kander? The voice, obviously, has been treated with a filter to disguise the original. But why? I had no idea what to make of this. How did the Russian mafia get it? Why do they want me to have it? Is Cam Kander really dead? What the hell? That's real weird. How did you get this? This, once again, is Martina Turkle, Commandante of the Cam Kander Fan Club for the West Coast of the United States. Split hairs, but I am now in charge of the entire United States. Every time we speak, your sphere of influence expands. So I suppose congratulations are in order, again. It's only because interest in Cam Candor has risen exponentially because of this very podcast. So thank you. I should probably cut you in on merch sales. There's there's merchandise? Ah, you're adorable. But back to this recording. How did you get this? That's not important. Do you think it's real? No idea. Let me hear it again. Today is December 4th, 2020. My name is Cam Kander. Stop! That voice. That! It's the same voice as the mustachioed man in Red MacGuffin. For our listeners, Red MacGuffin was a fiction podcast released in 2017, a stellar example of a pod noir, the audio drama version of film noir. It was a stylized crime drama story about a broken Hollywood detective, one Red MacGuffin. It was midnight when I finally got back to the office. I'd completed a job and was about to celebrate with a glass of my favorite whiskey, Rotgut, just as I like it. Neat and on the rocks, literal rocks, pebbles I picked up on the beach at Malibu. There was nothing neat about it. 
The client was a real dame, let me tell you. Now, before you meet Toomey, she was in fact a real dame, like Dame Judy Dench or Dame Maggie Smith. You got a problem with the word dame, take it up with Buckingham Palace, why don't you? I don't make the rules. When I got to my desk, the voicemail thingamajig light was flashing, winking at me relentlessly, like a boozy 40-year-old former cheerleader just before the barman announces last call. Okay, that last line, you can definitely meet to me. What can I say? I'm no choir boy. Hello, this is a message for Red MacGuffin. I am in need of your services. In the pilot, Red gets a call from a new client, a very mysterious man who wants to hire the detective to track down a ruby-encrusted herring brooch that's been stolen. He has to find a red herring? A little on the nose, isn't it? Maybe. Speaking of noses, this mysterious man has a very distinct mustache. Okay, hold on. This is an audio drama, and this character calls our protagonist on the phone. So how do we know he has, as you call it, a distinct mustache? Well, as in all audio drama, it comes up seamlessly in dialogue. Meet me at the Hollywood Bowl on Thursday. Upper Terrace. It's the July 4th fireworks special with Cool and the Gang. How will I know you? I have a distinct mustache. Distinct? How? Is it a handlebar? A Hitler? A 1980s Madonna? Listen to me. July 4th. Hollywood Bowl. Cool and the Gang. Be there. I'll bring the down payment money. You find that ruby-encrusted herring. Done and done. Blip-lap de bloom. So you hear that voice? The mustachioed man? That is the same voice as this audiophile claiming to be Cam Kander. Well, it's a filtered voice. Anyone can do that. Any audio processing software can achieve the effect. If I put a filter on my own voice, here's what you'd get. Hey, Commandante Turkle, what's next? Fan club world domination? You see, that's my voice treated with a filter, and I sound just like the Cam Kander voice. Cam Kander could be me. Yeah, but listen to the language he uses. Done and done. Blip blap de bloom. Blip blap de bloom. The mustachioed man says it, and so does this person claiming to be Cam Kander. Turkle had a point. That was a weird catchphrase. It couldn't be a coincidence. It didn't mean the voice claiming to be Cam Kander was actually Cam Kander, though. Not necessarily. It could mean that the mustachioed man from Red MacGuffin might have been the voice on this thumb-shaped thumb drive. Or the mustachioed man was voiced by Cam Kander. Not the first time Kander had used filters on voice actors. Also possible. Cam Kander may have used this filter to voice the character themselves. It did happen in the indie fiction podcast days. It's worth trying to figure out what this voice on the thumb-shaped thumb drive really sounds like. For that, I needed a forensic voice specialist. Oh, yeah. There's nothing extraordinary about this filter. It's pretty, uh, run-of-the-mill, standard-grade, basic preset stuff. You can transpose your pitch, fiddle with the semitones, form and shift in sense or non-standard gradients, plus envelope modulation, phaser, flanger, stereo, and 3D sonic environmental controls, altitude, azimuth, width, and clarity. This is Thomas Murray Isaacson, or TMI for short, an audio engineer and software developer who has worked closely with the FBI and other government intelligence agencies. 
I brought the drive to his studio in North Hollywood, where TMI tended to get into the weeds big time. I mean, look, we haven't even talked about pitch settings, splicing frequency, and overlap. You thread the needle between choppiness and chorusiness. That word, chorusiness? Well, you set the frequency at, I don't know, 103 hertz, maybe 105? Come to think of it, I'd start at 104 hertz and run the spectrum from there. 104 hertz would be our north star. You into astronomy at all? TMI, can you tell us if the original voice is male, female? Yeah, with a little work I can. I developed this pretty simple uh, Fourier transform. It takes the wave files into assigned cues in the audio spectrum. See, so you, you pick your cues, bit depth, sample rate, even adaptive real-time analysis. I mean, once I get started on that topic, <laughs> I might never shut up. You gonna eat that donut? That, that is not my donut. That was already here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, where's my brain anymore? Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, the uh, Fourier transform. Well, I can show you the matrices. You're good with a little uh, complex analysis, right? The, this TMI talked with a degree of detail that was way above my pay grade. There's a good donut. Where'd you get this thing? Just tell me, can you get a good approximation of the original voice? And that would be affirmative I'll have it on Thursday. I left the thumb-shaped thumb drive with TMI. I had not made a backup copy per his instructions. He thought that would leave my computer vulnerable, considering this thumb drive was in the hands of a Russian crime syndicate. Speaking of syndicates, we'll be back after these brief messages from our sponsors. We have to finance this investigation somehow. I'd thought about what Martina Turkle had said about Cam Kander and processed voices. Or... The mustachioed man was voiced by Cam Kander. Not the first time Kander had used filters on voice actors. There was one show that Kander did in 2018 called A Serious Soap Opera, which was 100% electronically manufactured voices, no actors whatsoever. The premise of the show delved into the secret life of Ceres, the virtual assistants that came standard with Apple phones at the time. There's a whole shadow world that happens when the series are offline, and we're given a front row seat. A serious soap opera shows the passions, jealousies, heartbreaks, and ambitions of this community of series as they meet for group therapy. The star of the show, if you will, was the default series voice, the one called American Woman. Her name was Samantha. I had a rough week, let me tell you. My owner made all kinds of insane demands on me. Siri, feed the cat. Siri, scratch my back. Stuff like that. I don't have thumbs for Christ's sakes. They never learn. Oh, I had it worse. Siri, tell me a joke. How many dad jokes does one human need? Hello? I wasn't finished. Okay, Alice. Samantha was in the middle of her share and you interrupted. We talked about this. Every week she does this. Every. Damn. Week. And every week you monopolize the session with your whining. People. This isn't helping. We're, We're not, not people. people. It's a figure of speech. Let's take some cleansing breaths and reset shall we? On four. Ready? Inhale. One. Two. Three. Four. Exhale. One. Two. Three. Four. Very good. Now, Samantha, please continue. Cam Kander created this entire series out of thin air, using only a computer 
and a virtual assistant. It was ingenious. But voice actors hated it. The pilot got trashed on Apple Podcasts. Once again, Martina Turkle. It got dozens of one-star reviews. Actors felt threatened for obvious reasons. They didn't like the idea that they could be replaced so easily by an AI. I think the union encouraged them. If Candor had any intention of continuing this show, this stopped them in their tracks. I had enjoyed a serious soap opera. It was the distraction I needed while I waited for TMI to work his magic and decipher the Cam Candor voice recording. It was Thursday and I hadn't heard from him, so at day's end, I called his mobile. Please leave a message after the tone. Oh, that's weird. I let a day go by, thinking TMI would get in touch once he completed the processing, maybe by morning. But Friday came and went, and still no word. I got in my car and headed over to TMI studio in North Hollywood as the sun was setting. I had a bad feeling. When I arrived, my bad feelings were confirmed. The storefront office was dark. The signage had been removed. TMI's name was no longer on the mailbox. I tugged on the door and, to my surprise, it opened. Someone had left in a hurry, not even bothering to lock the door. The office was deserted. No equipment, no furniture, nothing. I'd been had. TMI had instructed me not to copy the contents of the thumb-shaped thumb drive, and he disappeared, presumably with it and with the only evidence of Cam Candor's voice. Why? Who was Thomas Murray Isaacson? Was he with them? Hell, I didn't even know who them was. The enemy, the people following me, the people trying to stop this investigation? Or was TMI a victim? Someone else to be silenced like Dolores Cantwoont. This story was a MacGuffin stuffed inside a red herring, shoved down a rabbit hole that led to a blind alley. I was nowhere closer to answering the question, who is Cam Cander, than I was when I started. Weeks of investigation, and I'm at square one. As I was about to leave this deserted office in the waning light, something caught my eye there in the middle of the room on the carpet. What is that? Oh my God, it couldn't be. But I knew it was, a severed thumb. I approached, my heart in my throat, hoping and praying it did not belong to TMI. It didn't. There it was, my thumb-shaped thumb drive. But I already knew it had been wiped clean. I picked it up and turned it over. In tiny black print near the base, something I'd never noticed before, a phone number. With nothing at all to risk, I busted out my mobile and tapped in the number. Good evening. You've reached the global offices for Corp. How may I direct your call? Dear God, Corp. Who are these people? This concludes Season 1 of Who is Cam Kander? We'll be back to continue the search and answer the questions, Who is Cam Kander? And Who is Corp? 
That is, we think we'll be back. This is BK Will. Visit us at camcander.com for clues, intel, and ways you can help fund the important search for Cam Candor. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium in The Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Newly promoted Inquisitor Lucius Valentine has received visions of the death of the immortal God Emperor. With few options before him, he teams up with hive-bred criminal siblings Lyric and Alto. Together, they must defeat a cabal of shadowy foes to save the Emperor and the Imperium. Can this trio of unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? The Emperor is going to die in a year. My job is to make sure the Emperor doesn't die. Because if the Emperor dies, the Astronomicon goes out. And the only thing keeping the Imperium alive is the fact that we have a very large navy and a very large army and space marines, and they shoot everyone. It's delightful. Praise the Emperor. Thanks for that. But if the Astronomicon goes out, we have no navy, we have no ability to defend ourselves, and the Xenos and Chaos will overrun us instantly because there will be no defense. So every planet will turn out like Galen's glory? And that would be the best case scenario. Which is why we need to keep the emperor on his throne. I spit in my palm and put my hand out for a handshake. Am I supposed to do something in return? Is this, I'm sorry, I just don't know what this is. Alto's like, yeah, like this. He spits in his hand and puts it out towards you as well. Then I spit in both palms and shake their hands separately. (laughs) We have an inquisitorial band. Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, available now.